0: Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. And so, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about motherhood after 35 years old. So, in the most recent episodes, I've been discussing manifestation hacks from a personal level and, of course, leading to business success. And then I also shared recently about paying attention to your intuition, of course, to serve not just yourself, but also to serve the community that you provide products or services for in your business. So I've become more transparent about my journey of being a mom, especially after 35, specifically on social media. And I've received nothing but compliments on being able to share obstacles that have led to my success. And so I've also received a lot of inquiries, specifically about my personal journey becoming a mom at the age of 38, um, which most people are struggling that are career women after... I'm going to say 30 years of age. And so if you haven't had a chance to, I would highly encourage you to pause this episode and to get some foundational information. You definitely want to go back and listen to my three-part motherhood series. It is episodes 78, 79, and 80. And you do want to listen to them in order because it's really going to set the tone for the upcoming podcast that I have. And so let's go ahead and dive in. Let's dive a little deeper in terms of motherhood after 35. So the question that I've received from some people is why did I choose to delay becoming a mom? Not that they thought anything was wrong with it, but most people are just curious. And so I personally had a goal. Um, I had this fantasy Cinderella story in my head that I would be married before having a child and that I would also be not at a certain level in my career, but that at least I would be done with school. Um, I was very driven throughout my entire academic career by my success. And I honestly wanted to experience life first. So it's very similar, but it seems like it's more acceptable when it's like a married couple, because when you're married, they always say, you know, make sure you have your fun first before you have a child, but for whatever reason, if you're just in school and you're single, um, and especially for a you know a black woman, we may be looked down upon if we haven't had a child after 35. Some people may deem us as oh, she can't get a man. Like, I've seen people say that, like, you know, she's diving all up into school and into work, and she needs to be worried about getting a man. And I'm like, come on, like, people have different ambitions, and the times are different, of course. And so no one ever talked to me throughout my adulthood about having complications in terms of getting pregnant Or, um, you know, going through a pregnancy after the age of 35. Now, of course, being at the psychology field, I learned about Down syndrome and certain things that have to do with just like chromosomal abnormalities in terms of the longer that you wait, the shorter window that you have to have a child. And that's added on to any additional health concerns that you might experience. And so when I did the motherhood series, I specifically shared about when I had made a doctor's appointment to check out my stomach and my womanly tubes because I was experiencing some abdominal pain over a long period of time, but it was very infrequent. I was told that everything was okay. I had even years prior went to the fertility doctor, because if you don't know, I'm on my second marriage. um, During my first marriage, I had never been pregnant, and so I just thought that something was wrong, (laughs) and so I made an appointment, and when I went to the fertility doctor, they didn't tell me anything that the second group of people found like years later, and so what they had told me was that maybe I'm just stressed out by my job. Maybe I'm doing too much, and I did have like two to three jobs at the time, but I didn't feel actually like I was stressed out when I actually look back on it and compare it to when I was stressed out you know, at my job when I had left the county. However, now that I'm saying that out loud, I could have been stressed about relationship stuff because clearly I'm not with that person anymore. So that could also be an issue or could have been an issue. However, no one ever checked up to make sure that anything else came up. And so they kind of just like, let me go on my little happily way. Now, I also had a group of friends while growing up. I'm still very good friends with them. And they all had children starting in their twenties. I know one of our friends, she started, um, You know, when we were in high school or whatnot, but nevertheless, like, you know, I was always around them and their kids. And for me, my perspective was never to look down upon, because I know people who do that. And I'm like, that is not okay. You know, some people look down upon people having kids when they're young, but I'm like, you know, my mom had me at 20, her mom had her at 20 and her mom had her at 20. I just happened, I guess, break the curse or something. But nevertheless, I just chose not to have a child in my twenties because I was so driven by college. And in my twenties, I mean, I was partying a lot. Not saying you can't party when you have a kid. Cause I mean, my friends was rolling with me, you know? And so, um, we were all during that time living our best life, whether they had children and, or I was in college. And as we grew older, you know, we kind of just developed our own life path and I was okay with that. I did not trip out. I'm going to say for the most part in terms of like my friends having kids and I did not Until it came a point where, you know, that biological clock turned on, specifically when I started my doctoral program at 25 years of age. And then that's when I ended up getting my first dog. Not saying that a dog will replace a child, but it really opened up my eyes just to see even, because we were in Northern California at the time, how much responsibility, heck, a dog, um, you know, takes from you? On top of it. you have a child, you know. What I'm saying, like, you can at least drop the dog off at a dog sitter and just pay somebody. There is no like vetting system. You, as long as it's clean, you are gonna drop them off, right? But with a kid, you can't do that. And so I began to yearn for a child, um, specifically after I became licensed. However, at the time, I was single. I was a homeowner, but I was living by myself and I had a six figure job. And so, from the outside looking in, most people would say, Oh my God, you're doing so great. And yes, successful wise in my business and in my career, yes, I was doing great. But on a personal note, you know, I was experiencing internal mindset issues. I'll just leave it at that. So, during the doctor's visits, you know, fast forward when I was. 38 years old, they told me that I was considered a geriatric pregnancy specifically because I was over the age of 35. And then on top of that, I was a high risk pregnancy because of those things that I talked about in those previous podcast episodes. However, I was in tip top shape in terms of my health and being a health coach. And so my doctor wasn't really worried that much about my health. Um, However, I do know that before I became pregnant, It did take a toll on my mindset when I was informed that something was wrong. And so I really want to speak to any woman that whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s and up, and you want to have your first child, you want to have another child. However, you may have ran into like myself complications at the doctor, or maybe you have these negative self-sabotaging thoughts like myself at one point because maybe you don't have a partner or maybe you want certain things to be in order, like maybe being married, you know, and I understand that. So I want to share with you some of the self-sabotaging thoughts because I want you to know that you're not by yourself. And so I said certain things like, I will never become a mom. God must not want me to become a mom. It's not fair. I don't understand. I went through school. I went through school straight. I don't understand why I'm being punished. And I feel like I did everything, like not saying the right way, like another way is wrong, but I just feel like I did things in accordance to, I'm gonna say OG tradition, you know? And so what's the problem? And so I had to learn how to tap into my faith, slow my thoughts down, you know, like practice the stuff that I share with my clients. And I realized that I was actually trying to control the outcome that I had no control over okay so I learned how to be okay with asking my doctor's questions I also learned how to be okay with expressing my emotions internally at home by myself or with people that I trusted if the doctor were to tell me something that I didn't want to hear you know I'm not gonna be that person who really shuts herself down and numbs herself because I realized that numbing of course is not healthy either so I I'm also very aware of statistics and statistics show that specifically for women of color, black women, we are outnumbered, um, in terms of the ratio to black men. Okay. So as we move into our thirties, because nowadays most women are going to school, they're graduating from college, going to graduate school, getting their doctorate degree, then, you know, like a therapist doing 3000 hours to get licensed and then studying for the licensing exam. I mean, that process is a little bit tedious, you know, and Who's to say that with all these things going on, that we should be in a relationship at that time, because it really depends on your availability during that time. And so um, I know that as women move into their 30s, the pool of men do get smaller. And in terms of the pool, we are looking at availability and or the ability for a man to be committed in a relationship or want to get married after thirty. Right, So there is a very small pool that I am very aware of and that I was very aware of back then that kind of, I'm going to say, dipped into my self-sabotaging thoughts and that didn't help because then I realized like, oh my God, the pool is getting smaller for me to meet a man that does not have a child if he's in his thirties, right? So my question to you is, do you settle or do you keep fighting for what you know you deserve? What do you see in your Cinderella story, Right. So do you want to have a child? Do you want to have a partner? Now with a partner, do you want to just have a committed relationship? Do you want to freeze your eggs? Do you want to be married? These are things that go through a woman's head, especially those women who have chosen to wait to have a child. And I chose to fight for both because I know that I was very much deserving to be a wife despite me having a divorce, you know, because that was like a whole nother situation added on to the regular statistics. And then on top of that, and I think I'm gonna do a whole nother podcast episode on this of what it was like for me to date having a doctorate degree and having a psychologist doctorate degree because that literally took a toll on men really getting to know me. So I'm actually gonna write that down right now and I'm gonna do that probably in the next week or so, because I know that that could be another issue in that some women may meet partners and then that person, they don't have a strong ego. And if that woman may have surpassed that man or that potential partner academically and financially or, and, or, and, or just like, I'm going to say lifetime success, that could be an issue as to why the women not meeting a partner. You know, It's not that they're not available. It just also may mean that the men are not ready to take on that type of woman maybe, you know? So I'm here to share with you my story. I definitely got plenty of stories to tell and there is way more to come. Now I've received a few inquiries for me to actually circle back to to talking about personal stuff, but specifically talking about blended families and how to navigate through the chaos as a bonus mom. So in the next episode, I will talk about how to have hard conversations when it comes down to blended family chaos and moving through the obstacles because children are involved. And I'm going to talk about how do you have conversations with the child maybe when the child is not able to to participate in all the family activities, okay? So I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you know of anyone, they do not have to be a therapist that would benefit from listening to this podcast episode, please make sure to share it with them. If you haven't already, subscribe to my podcast podcast on iTunes. Um, Give me a shout out on Instagram, snapshot a picture of this episode and let me know what was your biggest takeaway. And of course, make sure that after you subscribe, that you leave me a review on iTunes because the more reviews that you give me, the more that my podcast actually gets boosted up along with the downloads of you listening. So thank you so much. I am forever grateful because I want to get my podcast in front of as many people as possible. And so I will see you in the next episode. Until then, I love you. Bye.